Welcome to Grace Church Podcast. This is Julie Sheely. We hope you are blessed by today's podcast, and we pray that you are changed by today's message. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hi, this is Father Jonathan, coming to you again from the Grace Church Podcast Studio. And on today's episode, I have with me Reverend Caroline and Adam Pryor, our worship coordinator. And today we're going to be talking about social media and the pandemic slash social distancing slash how we get our information in conjunction with social media because it's become a little bit, well, well, let's say this, guys, prior to um, being locked down and needing to be by yourself, how important was social media for you guys? Carolyn, you want to go first? You know, I think it was um, peripheral. Not that um, I didn't use it fairly often. I did. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't essential. The main thing that, like, the main thing that would keep me from getting rid of my social media at that point was that I kept in touch with long-term friends who were in other parts of the country or the world. Okay. And so it was a way of staying in touch with people long distance, uh, maybe an easy, lazy way of doing that. Okay. Um, but it wasn't something like, I checked it for interest, not because I had to or whatever. Because you're a huge fan of cat memes. Actually, yes, I am. <laughs> that is like, I watch the cat videos, the puppy videos that pop up. Okay, so b- before where we are now, social media was important for you to stay connected with some people, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't um, it wasn't the way that you did it, right? Yeah, I think it was, you know, a way of kind of knowing what was going on and maybe classmates, um, you know, high school classmates, whatever lives, you know, the way you keep in touch, but casually. Um, so you're not like actively in conversation or something, but the folks that I was in active conversation with, you know, that would be through other means. Um, for example, WhatsApp is really commonly used in Kenya. And so I'd WhatsApp friends in Kenya or whatnot. And, you know, that was how we would stay in touch more intentionally. So it was kind of a, a lazy way of having, um, having an idea of what had happened to other people I knew and I, I cared about, but that I wasn't necessarily in conversation with frequently. Perfect. Okay. So Adam, before social distancing slash quarantine, what was your social media usage? So I kind of... Maybe say also, I'm sorry to interrupt, but maybe both of you should say kind of what social media you're using because there's different ways to use social media. So, and they do different things. I mean, there's obviously the primary Facebook, the primary, I shouldn't <laughs> say that even, that's not even true. So there's, there's Facebook, there's Twitter, uh, you mentioned WhatsApp. I'm not even sure that's a social media outlet. It's not a social media, no. Uh, it's more of a texting thing owned by Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, I wouldn't call YouTube social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, it kind of can be in it, some regards. It can be a way to connect. Okay. I mean, like when we use it for live streaming and things like that, like uh, it, you can build community around it, but I don't think that it is. Okay. It's not geared towards that. But twice, besides the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook and Twitter. Is there anything else social media? Oh, yeah. oh Snapchat. <laughs> oh, Snapchat. Instagram. Oh, yes. TikTok now. Which you, Absolutely. You call it, yeah. Oh, how wrong I was. But even, <laughs> even TikTok is more like uh, YouTube. Like you create videos and then people share them and post them, but it's yeah. not it's not geared towards talking to people, mm-hmm. if right. that's what you mean by social. Observing. Right. Right. You can interact socially on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, 
uh, Instagram, you can chat. Snapchat, well. you can do, but that's only just for people you already know. Is the Google thing still around? I never got into the that. The Google thing. I know. I should know. Google it's circles, circles like something like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know, know anybody who used that. Oh. I knew a few people who did, but they were mostly like IT people who were like geeking out over like the ITness of it that they didn't get at all. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. I don't know. So, okay, Adam. So anyway, what? What's, so wait, wait. Before I get to you, Adam. Sorry, Caroline. Let's go back to you for one second. What <laughs> yeah. were Caroline, what are your social media platforms that you were observing? Primarily Facebook. Um, I guess actually technically some people consider like Pinterest and stuff social media. So I'm on Pinterest, but it's not something I use to interact with people. Okay. Um, so, so primarily Facebook. Facebook. Okay, good. So now over to you, Adam. What was your <laughs> social media usage and what platforms were you on? Um, or are you on? So I've kind of grew up with my phone in my hand. Okay. So uh, a few weeks ago when you gave that sermon on idolatry, I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, so I always have my phone. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Snapchat, Instagram. Um, those are my main things. Three. Otherwise, I'm I'm just texting people. Um, but so you don't use Twitter. I don't use Twitter. Okay. Um, and Caroline, do you use Twitter? No. Uh... <laughs> so for those who aren't in the podcast studio, you just missed a great eye roll. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I think Twitter has some great uses and there's some great things out there on Twitter. I think often Twitter can become pretty vitriolic pretty quickly. Yeah, okay. And I just am not interested We're in that. We're familiar with the Twitter war mm-hmm. where people would sort of say uh, 140 character lines back oh, and wow. forth at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'll now speak for me. Uh, I When Facebook, Facebook first came out, um, I did join it. I was on it for maybe two or three years, I found it to be unhelpful because for me it became another place that I had to check. I felt like there was a day I remember waking up and I went and I checked my email like I'm supposed to, I checked my phone messages like I'm supposed to, uh, I checked my text like I was supposed to, and then I found myself saying, okay, now I have to go check Facebook for what's going on in my with the people who want me to know. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. I can't do this. This is too much. And it was actually that day that I said to Marissa, I think I'm going to leave Facebook. And she was like, what? Because that was unheard of at the time. Like mm-hmm. Everybody had to be on Facebook. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I don't need another way to keep track of people. I can't. Uh, I want to be involved with people who want me to be involved, but I can't just passively observe everybody's life and pretend like I'm actually, I know what's going on. I don't, Maybe I'm just afraid of being letting people down. I don't put that much weight into it. I think it's kind of like a fun way to pass the time and see what people are sure. are going about. I'm not a huge uh, poster about myself, but I love to share memes and dad jokes and things like that. Well, here's what happened to me, Adam, is people began, when they realized that I was one of their followers or friends mm-hmm. on Facebook, they began to expect me to know what was going on in their lives because of Facebook. Oh. And it became something that I initially just accepted like okay i'll start monitoring facebook now and instead uh, i just realized i can't do this anymore so anyway i left facebook i then joined twitter so of the three of us i'm the only one on twitter um i initially found it interesting to post things on twitter but then i realized i'm not that witty and the (laughs) the uh apparently the the genius of twitter is having a few words and just either yelling them or being super funny, and I am not into either of those Mm. things. Um, I do look at Twitter maybe maybe every 
two weeks. So that's, oh, I would not call that particularly involved. No. no. It really, like, the level that I have to be bored to look at Twitter, or I'm specifically looking for something, uh, like one of the people that I'm following, I'm like, I wonder what they think of X, or if they've had a thought about X. So. You know, all of this conversation, though, raises an interesting point, that we use social media in such different ways. The purpose is the, you know, so for Adam, you say, well, I don't put that much weight into it. I just check and, you know, I don't put personal stuff out there and whatnot. For me, Facebook has always been, um, up until now, a much more private, personal thing. So um, I'd be friends with people I had known, you know, in school or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I would post things. It's not like super private stuff. I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, like weeping on Facebook. I try to avoid that. but I might put things like updates about my life or whatever. And that's part of, I think, why I didn't get on Twitter is because it's so much more public. I just have no interest in that. Mm. So for me, Facebook was a private social thing. Not social in the like, you know, broad sense of like you're in, I don't know, a concert or something, it'd be social, no. Um, in a private sense. And then interestingly enough, I was talking to Robert about this recently. He's like, no, 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 Facebook has always been a professional thing for me. Mm. Um, Not that he isn't friends with people he's friends with, but that he also makes connections and networks through Facebook. Mm. And he never posts much of anything private. Um, I had to like (laughs) bully him into posting when we were dating because for him it was just like, well, why would I do that? And for me it was like, of course you're going to do that. Like, are you trying to hide me? He's like, no, but that's not what this is for. (laughs) So I think it raises an interesting point that we used it with different purposes in mind. Um, and then you were saying for you, people expected you mm-hmm. to keep up with what was happening in their lives. And that wasn't really a, a good functional option a good thing, for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and so, uh, Carolyn, I don't, I don't, I don't remember you saying this. Are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram, but I barely use it. I actually, again, purposes for why we use it. I use it for different things. Um, I, I follow a handful of friends and I have a very small handful of followers. Um, and I'll post a few things here and there. Uh, mostly now I post about my puppy. Um, but I actually like it a lot more for things that have nothing to do with my life. Like I follow Na- National Geographic and some of their right. photographers individually. Right. And I love seeing the photos they post. And I follow um, something called um, Global Positive News, I think. And it highlights just heartwarming stories from around the world. And so it actually has nothing to do with my life specifically, but I'm following it more for that than for anything. I think on Instagram, what I've heard is it, uh, it's about your food, your animal, or your baby. Uh, those, are, those, are, those are the three. Or your art. Uh, I know people who are artistic okay. and they post Yeah, that. but generally speaking, because it's obviously Instagram is just about visual stuff, um, mm-hmm. it, it became about those things and about pictures. I think that Instagram's moved to videos now, but uh, not without. Uh, it, it's clearly, I think Instagram has lost the video component to TikTok, which is this new one, who I've recently been told, Adam, I think you confirmed this too, is owned by the Chinese, and it's a way for them to harvest your data. Oh, but isn't everything <laughs> harvest our data these days? Um, Alexa, light on. Yeah. Yeah, everything, well, that's true. Anything that's free, yeah. you are a, a data point for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I would say Instagram, I have found personally frustrating um, as I've watched a, the younger generation use it as a way to maybe make people vain, um, to brag, humble brag. Do you, um, do you know what a, uh, an influencer is? A social oh, influencer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that from the first time from my, one of my daughters, and I yeah. thought, oh, this is silly. 
it's a way to make money off of being pretty, even if artificially pretty. Right. You know, um, the staging that goes into each of those pictures is sure. so. Yeah. It, once I saw what these influencers were actually doing, I thought to myself, "Oh, this is just sort of a still image of somebody who wants to be a celebrity, sure, and has either the right body image that we seem to like as a society, or." Um, something unique about them, and that's a whole other part of Instagram that you haven't brought up is is the 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 vein, the the booty pics, the all of this. <laughs> you know, it's oh um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a there's a lot to it. It's so okay. So let's just let's just say, generally speaking, social media is that's not what we're necessarily talking about today. But it, it's there's a vast vast world for sure mm-hmm. uh, uh, of how social media gets used. So. Lots of people were using social media prior to the pandemic. Then we get uh, told to be in lockdown, social isolation, go to your own homes. The only form of communica- community we have after that then becomes online. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we have left. And so lots of people begin to turn to social media outlets. What did you guys do? So teaching um, from home has had its challenges, but a lot of what we use is Zoom. Um, and I had never even heard of Zoom until right. all of this. Um, I'm not sure who has, um, mm-hmm. but we. I hadn't. Yeah, Alan, you had. I had. I'd used it for some longer distance conference planning, but that's another story. Hmm. Um, so all of our department meetings are on Zoom. All of our faculty meetings are on Zoom. I have virtual office hours twice a week for a couple hours, um, and that's all on Zoom. Um, so we get to see each other face to face, but it's the same as is FaceTime or or. Um, or, or Skype used to be, but it's a conferencing thing. Right. Um, and a lot of my teaching it, it has been through that. Okay. Um, okay, but how about what happened to you either personally or occupationally with your social media? Because Zoom isn't really social media. Zoom is just a way to do meetings. That's true. Um, we have a, I have a choir Instagram um, for my school, and so we post little things on that, and they'll comment. Um but I don't know if my I was so into social media as it is being attached to my phone. Mm-hmm. I think that either I'm I've just ramped it up or it hasn't changed much. You know, I'm willing to bet, Adam, because it has changed how I use it. But because you're you were already so much more involved, I'm willing to bet what you've seen instead is changes in the content people are putting out. Mm. Um, whereas I have changed how I'm involved as well as seeing changes in the content mm. um, because I was less involved. I've seen um, well, I've. For one thing, we started the um, uh, the Facebook group for the church, and um, when I was a counselor, the little backstory here, when I was a counselor, um, you have to be very careful about boundaries, and so one of the things that I would do is I would never be Facebook friends with someone who's a current client, uh, and then when I became a priest, I just kind of automatically carried that over where I really wasn't friends with parishioners generally. generally. And I actually worry at some point, oh, I'm going to you know, offend so-and-so because I turned down their friend request. Um, and I was, I was actually hard to find, too, because of the client thing with counseling. Um, I didn't have my last name on there. I had my first name and my middle name. Um, and then all of this happened, and I'd never really changed that whole way of operating. And then with all of this happening and starting the group, uh, knowing that people would want to be in touch more. But also, you know, um, we have several people who've run some of the social media stuff here and not wanting to add one more thing to someone else's plate during this time. Um, I ended up saying, okay, this is time. I just have to change how I'm managing this and I have to um, get rid of some of those old habits from counseling 
and I have to be involved in the group and I have to, you know, um, do all of that. And so it became, um, there's still that personal side of it, of course, obviously. It's obviously relational because being, you know, priests is absolutely relational, mm-hmm. but also there's a professional aspect to it to me, for me now that wasn't there before. Um, and so that's a shift and I'm thinking through even like, you know, um, I mean, it's silly, but like a joke, you know, for example, I might post a joke, you know, in the past, I loved posting really stupid jokes or <laughs> stories or whatnot. And now I think about it a little bit differently, a little more cautiously, like, okay, I know that, you know, maybe this prisoner is going through this, would they misunderstand this? Or would they, you know, I have to be more cautious. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a shift in how I use social media. Okay. So Adam, you kept using social media about the same. Caroline, you shifted mm-hmm. how you were using it. Mm-hmm. And I did exactly the same thing, which was nothing. Um, I continue to not be on Facebook or any other social media platform. I don't use Instagram. I don't, I mean, I vaguely use YouTube. I mean, it's a tool. That's all I see YouTube as. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I do have a Snapchat account, though I never, I haven't looked at it in probably a year or two. So I, 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 what's that? You got to get on there. Not interested. (laughs) Um, So as people went into their, mandated uh, hobbit hole. Um, what good things did you see coming out of social media? Memes. <laughs> so many memes. But you already loved them anyway. Oh, but, for sure. But now that but you, now you there's did the quality, an went there's an abundance. There's all of these, uh, like, um, social, oh my gosh, events? No, um, what is the word? All of these things that everybody is doing. like Yeah, shared experiences, like even though you're separate. The Tiger King. Like, <laughs> okay. when all of this came out, or like, um, Too Hot to Handle was another one that I had friends talking about. Um, or the toilet paper jokes, you know, because yes. of the toilet paper hoarding. Right, yeah, right, and then right. it, I think just people are bored and they're not doing anything else, so yeah, then there's so many memes. Um, and it brings joy to, mm-hmm. to think about. So, okay, so you see those memes and they make you laugh and <laughs> yeah. take some stress off? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. I mean, I, I think that's what it should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Tiger King stuff was really funny because, so although I'm not on social media, my wife is, mm-hmm. and my whole family is, and they would show me these memes. Uh, we have a family group chat where there's 10 of us, and they would very commonly screenshot some of those memes and throw them in the group chat. So though I'm not on it, mm-hmm. I still saw some of the stuff, not all of it, because um, you handle group chats differently, I think. You're much more selective. At least you should be. Mm-hmm. So I saw some of those memes, and they were kind of funny. But it's across all platforms. And there's mm-hmm. a there's a, dan- a Tiger King dance about Carol Baskin on TikTok. And, I and it's seen that. Just... Yes, yes. I saw, I saw some children doing that. Absolutely. And it was very funny. Yeah. Yes. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that um, everybody, um, generalization is um, trying to make light of... of this situation mm-hmm. even when we're all feeling mm-hmm. stressed and we're mm-hmm. all feeling um Fair. lost i think that a lot of people are using their talents to either create joy or um uh reach out mm-hmm. and i think that's what social media is doing mm-hmm. and even things like i mean it's funny we haven't said this but i mean even things like tiger king may not have been as popular mm-hmm. if it not for the quarantine for mm-hmm. sure because who knows what have watched who would have watched it we just had a lot of time inside and i was like yeah. well 
people are talking about it, so I guess I'll watch it. And you start watching it, and your head explodes, and you're like, "This is real." What? Thank God for Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just gonna throw out there: we are not advocating for watching China King. Watch at your own risk. Yeah, Uh, for sure. It's wow. I don't even know where to go with that, but let's leave that alone. Okay. (laughs) So, what good things, uh, Caroline, have you seen come out of this for social media and you? I think the connection thing has just been highlighted as the importance, um, just just staying connected, sharing some of the humor, right. you know, sharing positive stories to yeah, kind yeah. of lighten, sharing ideas, you know, um, some of the face mask stuff, you know, the cloth face masks, a lot of that yeah. idea got spread through social media outlets. That's right. Right. And that's how people got patterns, that's how people picked up the idea and, you know, were able to move forward with that. So. There's been a lot of that maintaining connection that I think has been important. And I know, you know, for example, um, Robert and I started, because his church was starting and then, you know, we started at Grace, um, the morning and evening prayer thing. And now Deacon Mary and uh, Father Daniel are doing that as well. And that's the way we can share even prayer requests. We invite people, Robert and I, every time we lead morning and evening prayer, we invite people at the place where you can kind of add your own prayer requests or Thanksgivings to comment on the on the um, video if they want to share publicly share um, a prayer request and they do um, and it's it's neat to see because it gives me an opportunity to pray for people who maybe they wouldn't have reached out you know and said you know specifically whatever it was um, but then I can pray for them knowing you know knowing right. that and getting to see that and I can I can even go back and look like oh there was some someone brought up this who was it and I can go back and mm-hmm. I can look and say okay Lord I want to pray for so and so um, and hopefully other folks are praying for them, too, who are watching this together. Um, Would you say that people who um, are most socially media connected have really reconnected with you or Grace or some of these other traditions in a new way? I mean, because we didn't do any of this stuff before we I, had to. I definitely think, I don't know, you know, if it's, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It would probably be the people who are the most connected, who know the most how to use it to begin with. Um but I've definitely seen people connecting with Grace and with each other in a new way, at least a Grace through this. Having the group, the Facebook group specifically for parishioners, um, it's been really fun to see people sharing things. So, you know, would I have gotten to see, I, I don't know, a picture of the McCourt's kids playing together? Mm. Maybe not, but now I get to see it. Would I have gotten to see um, Julie Sheely uh, sharing a picture of her art? that she had made. Maybe not, but now we get to see it in this group and we get to share it together and share memories and share all of that. And so that's been really neat to see. And I think the morning and evening prayer thing, um, that's something that is definitely part of our tradition, but maybe in some circles, and at Grace for sure, has fallen to the wayside. It's not something we've done publicly, uh, at least not recently. Um, And so pulling that out and doing that, and I've seen other churches doing that too, and it's it's really neat to see that. Um, It's a neat opportunity to share those moments together. And folks connect Absolutely. In, in a way that we hadn't expected. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the biggest surprise to me is how many people have um, engaged in stuff that I didn't expect them to engage in Absolutely. so freely. And sometimes it's folks who, you know, maybe they're shut-ins. Maybe they have other you know, circumstances. I know of at least one mother with a fairly young child who... You know, when you've got a small child at home, it's a little harder to be as involved in person. Um, But she's been very involved with um, some of the online stuff. And that's brought me a lot of joy to see that. I'm like, oh, this is something now I can take this into her home Mm -hmm. uh, in a non-invasive way. Obviously, she can opt in or out. Um, And she's able to participate even with this little baby. You know, she having this baby is no longer... um, 
in that sense, keeping her from being able to pray with everybody. I love it. And that's been beautiful to see. That's wonderful. I would say additionally, you know, we're now we're doing live streaming, which we, of course we've never done before. And I've been surprised um, and blessed by how many people aren't necessarily watching the live stream, but because they know it's recorded, they'll be like, oh, I'll get to that, you know, Sunday at two or whatever. And they watch it kind of when it's good for them. It's curious to me to hear those stories. Cause I'm like, but aren't you used to going to church at this time? And they're like, yeah, I am, but I had X to do, or it was cooler in the morning, so I went for my walk then, and I knew I'd you know, have time in the afternoon. So it's still a priority to worship, I guess because we're not all together. They think, well, I'll just do it. I'll hit it when I can, um, when I have a little more convenience. I have mixed feelings about that. I do. I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. I'm still wrestling through some of the theological implications because I like the idea of us praying physically like at the same time together um but i still like the idea of people praying so <laughs> so i'm torn on that one but that's a different that's probably a different discussion about social media let's talk about some of the negative things you've seen happen on social media either because of the lockdown or um uh just more more usage i don't want to get political with this conversation but i think that the politics of everything that goes on and, and how social media is this opportunity to speak your mind without physical confrontation mm-hmm. um, allows people to mm, be angry or or um, speak their mind in ways that, that maybe they wouldn't. In, in even person. more so, you think? I think so. You think the quarantine brought out even more? Well, um, I think everybody's stressed I mean, in okay. so many different ways. And I think that um, certain certain decisions people don't necessarily agree with. Okay. Um, I mean, the government's made. Yes. And so on social media, they're making their opinion about those decisions known. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so to you, that that's a, a, a negative. What would you rather them do? Um, Just keep it to themselves? What, what are you hoping for here? I, I'm More wondering, memes, I know. I'm but. wondering what they're hoping for here. Okay. You know? Like... Um, we can all scream and yell and, and throw a tantrum, but at the end of the day, what are we getting out okay. of this, you know? So you feel like it's just wasted air. Your, yeah. If you can call it air because and it's And it spreads so negativity. Absolutely. I'm and already stressed. Why are you yelling at me on your social media? Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and I feel the need to, to not unfriend them or not unfollow them because right. they are people that I either grew up with or, or Do some learned. Life yeah. So... Um, and I think everyone's entitled to their opinion. What do you think they're hoping for? That's what I'm saying. You yeah, know? Okay, so like, what do you think? Because I have uh, a couple ideas. Um, validation, maybe. Okay. Um, uh, it's not conf- conversation. It, it might be confrontation. Okay. I don't know. Um, I think they're they're angry or they're uh, or some of them are overjoyed with the the decisions that have been made. So okay. I, you know. Um, it grinds my gears, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking as a counselor, I think there's some psychological things going on there as well. Um, one of the defense mechanisms that people show under strong emotion or stress is often to displace that emotion from one thing to another. So everyone, as you mentioned, Adam, people are so stressed out, and understandably so, my gosh. Um, 
But what they may be doing is taking all of that stress and emotion and putting it into something that frustrates them anyways, and they let it all out. And it's an easy place to vent mm. because, like you said, you know, there's no like physical um, repercussion in that moment. There's yeah, there's less accountability, and the distance of a screen lowers people's filters. I mean, we've seen that long before this. That's one of those things. You see it with online trolls. You see it with um, online bullying. You see it with all sorts of things. It just lowers people's filters. People say things online that they would never say in person. And so in an incredibly stressful time, this becomes an easy way for that emotion to have an outlet. But then what happens, the repercussions of that, of course, is that then other people are seeing all of that emotion. It's either they're working them up more because they agree and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel more upset now. Or they disagree and so then they just fire right back or they feel it even if they don't fire. And so it's not productive, but I think there's a psychological um, aspect to it where it's it's an outlet for emotion, not necessarily a constructive one, but an mm, outlet for sure, emotion. Sure, sure. Um, you know, you guys remind me a couple, of a couple of different words. I think, Adam, I thought it was nice how you said, you know, they're, they're looking for, um, they're not looking for conversation in your opinion, though they might argue that they are. And they're, they're not looking for, um, maybe they are looking for confrontation. Um, the third C that occurs to me is they might be looking for converts mm-hmm. um, in the hopes of actually uh, through their yelling, through their passion, let's call mm-hmm. it passion without being degrading, uh, perhaps they're hoping for um, new adherence. Like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And I think it makes it people feel like they're doing something. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to convince other people. Right. And then they feel like they're doing something because this is a situation that makes us feel powerless. Gosh, there, that's a really good point, Caroline, that I would love to explore more. I don't think we can here, but I think I do get the impression, again, I'm not social media guy here, but I get the impression that people think that when they repost something, they've done something. Mm-hmm. They physically feel like, look, I reposted that, so I'm a part of the discussion now. Or I liked it, mm-hmm. and now it's on my feed. That's That actually is doing something, which, of course, it's not. Yeah, but it removes some of the angst of powerlessness. Interesting. Oh, man, there's so much uh, <laughs> mind-bending stuff going on in that. Okay, that's really interesting. Have Has the social media stuff since quarantine affected your faith? Impacted your faith? Hmm. I don't know that I'd say it's impacted my faith. Um, I think I've seen people expressing their faith in different ways. Um, being able to participate in different types of things, finding creative ways to engage. You know, you did ask about one of the negative things. Now, this is one of those things I feel conflicted about. Um, I love that people are, are engaging the services, engaging discussion, or engaging community. I struggle with some of the faith-based memes. Okay. That's a struggle for me because on the one hand, I'm glad people are engaging with their faith. Um, it doesn't challenge my faith personally, but I also think some of the nature of memes is that they can't be really deep. You know, that's that's just how they are. And so um, sometimes when folks share those those memes, I'm not judging them for doing it. I think it's a way people are trying to engage with their faith during this time. Um, but sometimes, just by the nature of memes, they faith is too complex and the situation is too complex. And it, it simplifies it. And if I were someone who were suffering strongly from the situation because I was ill or someone I knew was ill or I had lost my job, or um, I might almost feel like it, it minimized mm. my suffering, mm. uh, especially when people are trying to emphasize, you know, well, let's be positive. Maybe God has a plan about this. Not that I don't think God does have a plan how he's going to bring us through this, but... I don't know. So it's not so that it I've trite, struggled. Making it, it, it kind of trite. Like this is such a big deal, but these little mm-hmm. 
faith memes. And they have the best intentions. <laughs> I'm not trying to say people are trying to be, you know, sure. dismissive, but I think they can come across that way. They okay. can come across as dismissing people's suffering or dismissing the complexity of the situation. Maybe what was meant to be hopeful. Meant to be hopeful even, but I think before you can get to hope, you have to acknowledge suffering. Oh. And you can't do that in a meme. You can't do that in a meme. And now you just made a plug for our last uh, podcast about suffering. <laughs> yeah, go listen to it, folks. Uh, <laughs> so it's not that it's changed my faith, but as I'm seeing people grapple with how to engage their faith during the season, um, I see good and bad things happening okay. on social media. Fair, fair, fair. Adam, how about you? How has social media impacted your faith in this time? I think if I think about the, the time that I've spent... Again, I don't put a lot of weight in social media. It okay. is what it is. Um, but I think that Grace Church has started getting into social media. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm at church more than I ever have been um, during all of this. Typically, I'm, I'm here for choir practice, and I'm here on Sundays. And then all of this happened. I think I'm here every day. And okay. it's not a bad thing. I love it. But I think that I'm, I am thinking more about my faith um, just because of all of this, the world situation, being present at right, grace, right, um, right. my own turmoils. Like, uh, I think that it's been good and it's given me hope that we as a grace community have reached out to each other. Um, and then seeing on, on Facebook, uh, the, the Facebook groups and the, the live streams and the YouTubes and all of this stuff, and, um, the comments that we get on Sundays, um, right. people are present and people are thinking about it. I think that social media for me hasn't changed, but my life has. And so um, just being present here and then being um, cognizant of God's presence in my life because of everything going on in my life, that, that has strengthened my faith, if not challenged it to strengthen yeah, it. Yeah, challenging. I think that's a, good, that's a great word to just even bring in this idea that I think a lot of people's faith is being challenged right now. We, there's a, a bit of um, oh, all over town you probably have seen them there's these uh, faith over fear signs mm-hmm. uh, and I appreciate the sentiment of them very very much I, I appreciate sort of where you put your focus is what you're going to get kind of thing there's a part of me that also feels like fear is real and to dis- that it almost feels a little dismissive to me mm-hmm. of the fear mm-hmm. like oh I can't talk about fear because I have to have faith um I want to be able to talk about the fear and the faith, mm-hmm. and that not and not just say faith is the antidote to fear. And it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not. They they go hand in hand. They are together. Uh, just when I have faith doesn't mean I don't have fear, and just when I have fear doesn't mean I don't have faith. They are mm-hmm. not exclusive of one another, uh, and so I feel this this uh, pull. And matter of fact, I mean on my block where I live, um, I think. Almost every house has that sign in their yard, and I don't, and I know I'm the only pastor on my street, and I feel like, am I sometimes dishonoring Jesus? Um, and it's not that I feel a, a conflict over that. I mean, this isn't social media exactly, but I, I mean, I know these sort of memes are out there of the faith over fear thing. Uh, I totally get where folks are coming from. I appreciate the uh, punch in the arm, you can do this, come on. Uh, I, I like pep rallies like the next guy. Um, I do. I mean, I do. I, I like inspirational movies. But in this instance, it's not helpful to me hmm. to, to yeah. leave it there, if that makes sense. Right. And I'm not saying those signs are doing that, and I'm definitely not saying anybody who puts them in the yard are saying that. It probably was, It's probably very encouraging. It's just not helpful to me, per se. 
I'm okay standing in my fear, naming my fear, and saying, okay, Jesus is bigger than those things, but my fear hasn't gone away. Mm -hmm. I still don't want anybody to die. Yeah. And folks that I love have died mm -hmm. um, here at Grace. And um, what do I say? Oh, well, he didn't have enough faith. I mean, of course not. And no one's saying that. Yeah. I'm just, oh, heavens, I'm, I'm, I think I'm <laughs> preaching here a little bit more than I should. <laughs> Um, but that's that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. Caroline, you have a lot to say here. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. Uh, no, I think I think what it points to is that social media functions as a magnifying glass in a lot of ways. Um, it magnifies tendencies, good and bad, within our culture, within our communities. And so um, just like we're seeing Grace have so much community moments during this, I think that magnifies really wonderful things about mm. our church and our parishioners. And I love that. I love it. Um, the downside is it also magnifies some of the, um, the less positive things. And I think one of the less positive things in our culture is that we have this cultural push to try to escape suffering, to try to escape mm. pain, to try to escape the hard feelings in life. And um, I, I don't think that's healthy. And social media magnifies that. Um, now, if you're, you know, I think it also magnifies things at a personal level. If you're someone who um, likes to dwell in melancholy music and all of that, <laughs> then you can find that on social media. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're just kind of, you know, everyday social media consumer um, in our culture, then what you're likely to encounter is a magnified version of what you find in our culture, which is that we avoid pain. We relegate it to certain professions pastors, nurses, doctors, social workers, and so on. And then we try to kind of wall it off so most of us don't have to deal with it until it's right in our face. And social media gives us a way to do that sometimes. It's polarizing, or it can mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just um, furthers this social polarization mm -hmm. of this is my side, this is what I believe mm -hmm. in, and so let me circle it, circle around those mm -hmm. who think just like mm -hmm. me and keep the others out. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Quickly becomes an echo chamber. You yeah. only hear the voices that sound like you. Mm -hmm. I think I've learned some very, very positive things about myself and what I, what I expect from God when I start looking very seriously at my worries, mm -hmm. my concerns, my fears, when mm -hmm. I ex put those, when I hold them up and not dismiss them, when I put them in the light, I realize, oh, God, I don't want you to be God. I want you to be what I want you to be as God. I want you to be my version of God, right. which, of course, is an idol. Right. Um, I'm uncomfortable with that discussion, and I think sometimes we can, we, we can distract ourselves very easily. Mm -hmm. And social media can easily be that distraction. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean even with the funny stuff. I mean, I'm now I'm talking about the faith stuff that right. we put on social media it, it can almost, it, it tastes to me sometimes like a placebo that we're taking in the hopes that it will gin up something in me. This is the sugar pill. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. and that will make me think better about God. And um, I don't know. I guess that could kind of go back to, well, it's convenient for me to watch at two than it is to watch at nine because this is what is convenient for me. Right. And, um, Hmm. There's a lot yeah. of there that I'm trying to be honest about with myself. Yeah. Uh, I think the healthiest discussions I've had with my wife and with the kiddos are the ones about 
what comes next mm -hmm. as society is opening up a little bit more and needs to because of the economy. I think there's this tension, uh, and I gosh, I, I, I hear it in the news and I see it with my friends, and here's the tension. Do we stay in lockdown social distancing for, for those who are vulnerable, or, or, and this really is the choice, do those who are vulnerable begin to, do they have to take their own risks and there's only so much society can do for them? Hmm. We, we can't help them so much that all of us get hurt because the economy's bad or whatever. Uh, and man, as I think that through, I think that is a very real discussion that we're entering into right now. Mm -hmm. And there are two sides to that coin. And I even see it in the media uh, when I go through my news feed. Again, this is not necessarily social media, but it's kind of the news that's being fed to me through my feed. I can see that position being taken on both sides. Some media outlets are saying, oh, because folks can catch this virus and die, we must continue to social distance. We must stay in quarantine. And then I see the other side saying, we're going to have more people die because of the economy. Um, and the stressors that are going to cause, not just suicide, but like, I mean... Uh, Heart disease. Sure. Um, yeah, things like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. a deprivation of food. I mean, people could mm -hmm. starve. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen in the States, but other places, the, the food networks are breaking because and, of the social distancing. And we know stress just makes all sorts of physical right. things worse. Right, so. right, right. So uh, there's this tension between who mm -hmm. are we going to care for and how, and I don't have good answers here. I'm just saying I see... Mm -hmm. a very bright line between the economy and those who are at risk mm -hmm. and who is responsible for who. And mm -hmm. I see the media outlets picking, trying to pick sides, and I wonder what, how that's going to play its way out in social media. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll be quite that clearly played out in social mm -hmm. media, but I think people will pick. And you're already starting to see people like, you know, open up the economy, let me have my job back, and I get where they're coming from because they're scared and they need to pay their rent, their mortgage, their medical bills, blah, 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 all important things. We want them to be responsible citizens. But those who have pre-existing conditions are like, well, what about me? Mm -hmm. Wait, don't I matter? And then as a Christian, you're like, well, am I, brother, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, how much do I love my neighbor? And which brother am I keeping right now? Right. Mm. Yeah, am I keeping, you know, is it wrong to be pro-economy? No, because, mm. man, the... Uh, capitalistic republic that we live in is the has created the most freedom and the most equity of any society ever in the history of the world um, in terms of the ability to be free and to do stuff that's what that's happened does it have downsides yes i'm not baptizing it but i'm just saying it's created without question the evidence is with i mean largely on that side that capitalistic republics free people up in a healthy way. Do they do stupid things with that freedom? Sure. But does it free them up? It does. So how does that, I mean, that opens up a ton of can of worms that we can't solve here, but I, <laughs> I do think it does make social media, social media is going to be a component of that. And you're going to see people become really polarized there. Caroline. You know, speaking of the polarization, actually, um, and it, it just, it's propped up in a number of points of our conversation. And Adam, you talked about the polarization and the, one of the negative things you saw coming out on social media with um, people getting so politicized and angry and stuff like that and you know all of these different pieces we've talked about I do think one thing I want to throw out there is even as we are challenging some of these uses um, I want us to give each other and ourselves a lot of grace in this yeah. because this is such a hard time and so to add the pressure of and you must use social media absolutely <laughs> responsibly oh. responsibly and all that we don't we don't need to add the pressure so to do our best to be wise but also to give ourselves and others grace is so important 
and also just to be wise about how much we consume. If your feed is full of all these news things that are, you know, doom and gloom, even if they're true doom and gloom, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be healthy to read that all day. Mm-hmm. Or if your news feed is full of, Conviction. you know, angry people <laughs> I, I yelling about politics, yeah. it's also not going to be healthy to read that all day. Just like we were saying, it's not going to be healthy to read just the the potentially trite memes and stuff, faith-based stuff all day. That's ex- airing on one extreme. Uh, so the all you're left with is dog or cat videos. Yes, I win because I love them. No. <laughs> uh, but I think there needs to be a, there needs to be a balance. Yeah, sprinkle them into your feed. I yeah. would say mm-hmm. um, it. You've got to have some positivity. If you got to change your perspective, or else that's it. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's where you're that that's your doom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can do a lot to to affect your happiness. Um, I, I am quickly reminded here of my one of my wife's favorite verses. I believe it is Philippians. Uh, even now I am Googling it. Uh, <laughs> Caroline, maybe you know whatever is lovely, whatever is pure. Philippians 4. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you know which, which, which the actual For verses? Philippians 4. It's towards the end. I don't remember the actual verses. I should know. I memorized it years ago. Yeah. It's, towards the end it's of Philippians not. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, here's what I'm thinking here. Maybe I, as I'm talking, you guys can look it up. Is that uh, whenever my children, when we were uh, still parenting them as children, not as adults, uh, whenever they would get stuck on negative thoughts, negative images, bad places, they would have be they would be afraid. My wife would always remind them of this verse from Philippians, uh, and that is, you can choose on where you put your thoughts. Whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is uh, right. How's it go again, Caroline? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Right. That's where Marissa always would sort of tell my kids to go. And I think that would be a way to also give ourselves grace. Like, look, if you want to know where to put your thoughts, I think Philippians 4, what? 4, 8. Definitely not the end. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's all good. So Philippians 4.8 is where I think we would be wise to put maybe our first thought and our last thought of each day on, look, here's what you want to be thinking about. Pure, lovely, noble. Well, and actually it's funny because I looked it up when you were talking about it. Um, Adam beat me to it, but I looked it up too. <laughs> uh, and actually right before that is the verses that say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, Rejoice. And when you remember that the Philippians, it's not that life was all sunshine and, you know, daisies. Um, things were tough. Yeah. Things were tough. And the sorts of, the, the pandemic we're facing now, they faced diseases all the time mm-hmm. that they didn't have cures for. And I mean, golly, it would be terrifying. Um, but to say rejoice in the Lord always, that means even in the midst of a pandemic, rejoice in the Lord. How do you rejoice in the Lord? By putting your thoughts on what mm-hmm. is pure, lovely, noble, right, good. I think um, this where is, we're, where this, is thoughts? this is not an easy task as well. So <laughs> no. don't don't just be like, oh yeah, that's the fix for everything. Nope. You know, you it takes time and it takes effort. Mm-hmm. And I think the effort is the is what matters. Amen. And social media is a great place to practice mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. That's right. To help draw other people's thoughts to those things, not in trite ways, but in 
profound ways, which there you go, that's your challenge. Make a profound meme, go. Uh, but no, but to, uh, to, to try, even as we acknowledge these things, to try and also draw our thoughts to the good things and to, to share those things with each other as best as we can. And love it's a good it. way to do it. Love it, love it, love it. Seems like a good place to stop there, uh, to take a pause and um, put some of this into practice. So if you have listened to this podcast and would like to interact with us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, of course, you can email me at jonathan at graceofcala.org or caroline at... Caroline at graceofcala.org. Yeah, so same as me. And are you, do you have one too, Adam? I do at adam at graceofcala.org. You can also reach me at aprior at tchs.us. Good. So we have all these emails that we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again, guys, for coming in and bringing up this topic about social media. It's so relevant, so important right now. And for those of you listening, we're praying for you. And we are believing that God will um, continue to bring healing to our country enter the world so that we can uh, be back together uh, in the community that he has formed in us and for us. Stay safe, y'all. Thanks for listening. For more exclusive Grace Church content, subscribe to this podcast and stay up to date on our website for new postings. God bless.